Hola. And welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and I am joined by an artful complement of individual taste enhanced instead of concealed by each other <laughs> and served in their natural juices. Ski. Hello. And Brent. Hello. I meant to say in podcasting in their natural juices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh well. Yeah. I'm not going to redo it. <laughs> Today we're going to be going over uh, Season 6, Episode 16. Uh, there goes the bride, part one. Mm-hmm. Um, did I even name the the show? Did I even say it was Sophia's Choice of Golden Girls podcast? Maybe I was so worried about getting that shit in yeah. <laughs> at the beginning that, it's but it is that right? I blacked out. <laughs> it yeah. is that. Yes, so. it is Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, Ski will be doing our recap. A Funko I will. subsidiary. What's that? Oh, Funko subsidiary. Oh, I wish we were a subsidiary of Funko. <laughs> Now, is it Funko, like F-U-N-C-O, or it's Funko, like the P-H-U. company? P-H-U. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Do you think that you should make, like, a, a copycat well, business? There's a Q in there, right? Where you make, like, uh-huh. pop vinyls with, uh, you know, spelled slightly differently, but you'll be Funko with the P-H. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, it's a totally different company, totally different product. Uh, see? Obviously. Pop with two P's. Yeah, uh-huh. this one doesn't have an exclamation point at the end of pop, <laughs> so exactly. that's how you know it's different. Exactly. My mighty mugs are <laughs> right. M Y T E A. Instead of finally, you can use a different kind of plastic. <laughs> that's great that you say mighty mugs. Because, <laughs> like, out of the various products, I don't think the mighty mugs were the longest lived <laughs> of the bunch. Do you even know what a mighty mug is? Keith? I do not. Uh, Similar-ish to the pop vinyls, mm-hmm. but a little more stylized, yeah. I guess. Um, they were here first. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had a handful of them I, during a brief period of time. I did, too. But I no longer have them, although I still have, you know. The boxes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I can remember. The important part. <laughs> yeah. That's what I store my oregano in. <laughs> yeah. You have a, a random <laughs> cardboard <laughs> box full of oregano. <laughs> it's like, I just feel like it's, you know, a better mm-hmm. option than the plastic jar yeah. that I bought it in. Exactly. <laughs> well, if I didn't say, I guess I did already say. I bought my turmeric at a Sam's Club, oh, yeah. a giant glass <laughs> jar or whatever, and then I like some tiny little shaker glass jars that I, you know, transfer it to. You go day. through so much turmeric that you need to have like a restaurant quantity. Does Elaine ever like? Is she ever like? Could we uh, cool on the turmeric a yeah. little bit? I mean, it's fine, but. Yeah. I am. It's really good for you, isn't it? It is. It's really, really good for you. And it goes really well in eggs and scrambled eggs. Mm. So I'm starting to cut back on the eggs because I got my blood work the other day and the cholesterol's a little high. Ah. So. Is that the only thing that came back negative for yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. In my pregnancy test, but yeah. <laughs> well, Next time, buddy. Next yeah. time. Yeah. My testosterone. Never seen a negative 12 before. <laughs> I could. For your range, that should be above 50. You're <laughs> negative 12. <laughs> your testicles are actually a black hole now. Exactly. <laughs> that is absorbing light when we try to, to view them. Yeah, the scientists are still working on it. Right. But a, Oh, and that and the cholesterol. Keep an eye on the cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, the cholesterol is a little high, but beyond that, it's fine. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, generally healthy. Yeah, you know. yeah. All things considered. Uh, well, I don't have any listener interactions or anything like that. Oddly, I feel a little bit off right now. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like I, because I had to glance back. My the paper. opening threw you off. Is it because I said hola? Maybe, maybe that's what it was. And I set this one out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I just got off to an awkward start, but I'm ready for a you know a 
great episode, Ski. I'm sure that you'll guide us through. You know what I'm ready for? What's that? A little Mac and St. Olaf fan fiction. Hopefully uh, we get some today. I think I think you just might. All right. <laughs> so everybody, uh, stay I, tuned. I wouldn't keep your expectations real high. <laughs> they never on are. Quality. <laughs> <laughs> so. This will be uh, issue three, right? It will. <clears throat> so, yeah. I feel like that uh, Brent and I need to come up with some sort of an ongoing thing. I mean, I know every episode Brent does. He has uh, something he claims to be a new ongoing feature <laughs> <laughs> that is very episode specific, um, and I and I've had you know different you can't things. Say that I mean we've had like three different you know um, installments of Frost Force Five. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Just yeah. recently, you know. <laughs> I mean, Florida Man would be your most consistent bit yeah. that you've done, um, and the deep dives would be my most consistent bit I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, I, I do like. I hope Ski continues his stories mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the quality. So, How would you feel if um, going forward every time I have to do a recap, um, I include um, Leeds United score from that night? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, how would you feel if every time I do a recap, I do one of Ski's stories from a prior episode? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, e- either one, yeah. I'll, I'll support. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyways. Mm-hmm. So yes, of course, because I didn't mention it since I'm feel like I, I have stumbled through this opening. We will be giving our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake, naming our MVPs for the episode. As the episode goes on, we'll probably mention some lines that we enjoyed. At least <laughs> Ski and I will. Brent probably won't. He may co-sign on a line that one of us <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> but, uh, without further ado, uh, whenever you're ready to take it away, Ski, go for it. Give me a moment. Okay. There we go. All right. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> You feel like that's what you needed? Just that, <laughs> just that one second of silence? Needed to center himself. Yeah. Uh, season six, episode... I was afraid he was doing his one pump. <laughs> <laughs> and you just got the carpet dried. <laughs> right, now. I hope you, I can always tell when he finishes his one pump because he's like... <laughs> <laughs> so he does a rim shot every time. Exactly. <laughs> That's that's a good double entendre. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And I don't know how, <laughs> how Brent knows. <laughs> Every time. And, and like the little, uh, I don't know, I'll just leave it. You <laughs> see that little vein pop out Aaron's forehead. And right. Like, Ooh, it's time. He's in this happy place. <laughs> I just don't, I've never seen that look on his face. So I'm just wondering where you have because I don't know that you and I have ever. Have you two ever been together without me that you can recall? Yeah, we yeah. saw um, Andor or not Andor uh, Rogue One just recently together. Oh, that's right because I ended up having to back yeah. out at the last minute for. Is that the reason. only other time though? No, no. Well, there's been a so. few times you guys have gotten to a venue before I have, so mm-hmm. you've been together, you know, in that regard. But it's been a rare, a rarity mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, you're generally, you know. The, I'm the glue yeah. that holds this uh, <laughs> trio together. And sticky you are. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> thanks to your one pump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you always aims at your way. <laughs> hey, we've been friends for a lot longer. That's true. Okay. <laughs> you called dibs. You'll get there. <laughs> I'm going to stop this here mm-hmm. and uh, lead us on the path of season six, episode 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, there goes the bride. Yeah. Part one. Mm-hmm. Um, the original air date, our original air date was February second, nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. Happy uh, um, Groundhog Day to y'all! Yeah, that's definitely um, too. Gladly, this one did not repeat over and over and over again. <laughs> I 
I guess I didn't even realize that was what Groundhog, what day Groundhog Day fell on. I guess I yeah, thought it was in the February second. Seems right. Okay. I mean, maybe I have no idea. I, I thought that it was one of those kind of holidays that you know could could alter, you know, or could change. Slightly. It was on like a Tuesday yeah, every exactly, year or something, but perhaps not. I'm pretty sure it's February second. I, I trust See, you. I thought it was like you know six weeks after the last harvest moon or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I guess I thought that the. I mean, I know that it is supposedly determines, mm-hmm. you know, what uh, when was summer's going or uh, winter's going to end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, February second, he is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was written by Gail Parent, Jim Vallelli, and Michael Hurwitz, another uh, writing team. Mitchell. Uh, written by or directed <laughs> by Matthew Diamond. What did you say, Brent? Mitchell. Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell Hurwitz. Oh, oh, he's right. I said Michael, didn't I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, said Michael, I didn't even catch it. And then I didn't know. If, I thought Ski, or I thought maybe Brent just had Tourette's. Uh. <laughs> Mitchell! <laughs> no. Um, yeah, good catch. Thank you. I misspoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we open the kitchen. Sophia and Blanche are playing a game of chess. Blanche moves a piece and calls Checkmate. That was so, my favorite line of the episode. It's a good one. Thanks for chiming in. See, you don't give me enough credit. Sophia <laughs> <laughs> uh, says was surprised that she thought they were playing Yahtzee and asked for a do-over. Mm-hmm. Blanche refutes this, say, though, saying that she always does this when they play a game. Uh, she claimed previously that uh, she thought they were playing uh, Checkers or Battleship, and then twice she yelled out Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. And Sophia says, oh... That, that was actually a note on uh, a commentary on your mascara. Right. So I don't even know what that would mean, though, if you had snake I eyes. I don't either. <laughs> like, it would be different if she yelled out raccoon eyes or something like that, like that would typically go with being smeared. Um, but I don't know. I guess I never thought of somebody having snake eyes as a... Well, snake's eyes are relatively indescript. They don't, yeah, exactly. I think they've got eyelids, most like most or all of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've probably got that nictitating membrane like frogs do. Perhaps. What kind of membrane? Nictitating, What's I believe it's pronounced. It's a secondary eyelid. Oh, that gotcha, can, yeah. mm-hmm. So you can open your eyes underwater. Yeah. That mm. protects it still from debris, etc. So you can still see. Uh, Blanche pauses to carefully wipe around her eyes like whatever snake right. eyes might have meant. Sophia then says that it's not over until the fat lady sings, referring to the game. Mm-hmm. At that exact moment, uh, Rose comes into the kitchen singing... I'm singing in the rain, mm-hmm. which is actually foreshadowing. We'll bring it up later. Mm-hmm. But is it public domain? I don't know that. I mean, I think that he's saying the a amount small... I said probably. Yeah, <laughs> it probably would be because I mean that movie was is pretty old. I think seventy years is you know when it becomes out. Although I think that did change with like the Mickey Mouse law or whatever it was. Yeah, but I mean that would have mean the movie would have had to come out in nineteen twenty in order for this episode to hit it in public domain? I guess the ni- if it's 90 now or whatever it is, yeah. so, perhaps. Um, but the song, songs may have a different rule than what movies do or other IP. Mm. I don't know. But that's the bulk of what she said, so mm. it may be a, a matter... I know part of it is a matter of words mm-hmm. or seconds that you sing, I think. Yeah, I think you're fine either way. I'm not too worried about our litigious listeners. Okay. They'll get us. They'll, <laughs> I'll be the downfall. If they're going to sue us, it's going to be because of gross negligence, not because of copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, Ski yelled at the microphone and deafened somebody. <laughs> right. Possibly. Maybe some kind of feedback, like, like negative feedback on uh, Professor Cooper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Brent's up somebody traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Blair's comments on what a uh, good mood Rose seems to be in and asks if uh, she's expecting her, quote, special visitor that evening. Rose laughs off the idea, replying that she hasn't had a special visitor for years. Yeah. Sophia follows up saying that she hadn't had, her, had hers either and how crazy it is that when you live with a bunch of women, y'all get on the same cycle. Yeah, I thought both of those lines were pretty solid. Yeah, definitely. The second one was my favorite of the episode. Mm. <laughs> what about Checkmate? <laughs> yeah, I think I replaced it with you know, <laughs> being on the same cycle. <laughs> Blanche restates her comment saying that uh, <clears throat> she was referencing her secret date, a man that she's apparently planning to go out with, but they haven't all met yet. Rose says that it's no secret and that his name is Ray, which is a friend of Miles. Uh, they both accused her of sneaking around behind uh, Miles' back. Mm-hmm. Lance calls her a scalawag, and Sophia calls her skunkweed. Uh, when they question each other, neither of them seems to know what either of those phrases mean, though. Now, yeah. I get it. I get that, like, um, episodes sometimes do get recorded prior. You know, like, they don't always air in the actual order that they're recorded. But it's pretty fucking stupid <laughs> that this episode of these references to Miles. I've got where they say he, he went he's in like Europe with students right now, <laughs> aired after we find out that Miles is really Nick and has fled the you know, yeah. wherever to parts unknown. Mm-hmm. This was the one hundred forty third episode produced. Oh, okay. So it was, you know, two weeks prior to mm-hmm. but it's one of those things Good that you timing, think, yeah. You think they would have known three weeks ahead of time that that's what they were doing with the Miles character. <laughs> I would think so too. Or at the very least I guess I, I don't know what the storyline is for the episode that's after part two. Um, I don't remember offhand, but I would still think that they could have pushed something else up <laughs> in order to do that, but yeah. I don't know. Continuity, not yeah. always a, a strong point. But as you yeah. mentioned, you know, Miles supposedly is uh, uh, in Europe maybe, with some students. Maybe Herb Edelman wasn't available last week, so they had to push it back. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember Herb Edelman getting much other work <laughs> besides the Golden Girls during that time, so That's true. they probably could have pulled him, <laughs> pulled him off whatever. <laughs> Could have recasting. They've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rose claims that she simply needs a, an escort to the children's hospital fundraiser. And apparently Miles suggested that she go with Ray, mm-hmm. which, as you alluded to, uh, flies directly in the face of last week's episode. All right. In which uh, you know he was in the re- witness relocation program and had to flee Miami to places unknown to avoid a violent gangster that he put helped put in prison. Uh, Blanche tells that... Uh, Real quick. Yeah. I had lots of fart-related jokes oh, last, did you? last week, and nobody laughed at any of them. Know, maybe you just went through them too quickly, but yeah. if you're wondering about Brent's fart-related jokes <laughs> that he's referring to, you have to listen to the prior episode. Can you point uh, a few of them week. out? Well, I said he Squeeze had to, one out now, can you? <laughs> I said he had to cut the cheese man out of his life. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so that was your fart-related joke, and we didn't bust a gut laughing at yeah, it? Yeah, there were like four or five of them. Uh, it was just one I was fond of. And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> We apologize for not bringing more attention to it. I'm sure that the listeners from to last week's episode are still recovering from the laughter. Um, they probably pissed themselves. <laughs> that may be why they stopped listening. It could be. Because <laughs> your humor has made too many of them piss themselves. <laughs> Can't keep doing this. Yeah. Sometimes it's at work. <laughs> or on the subway. For intimate times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> 
I don't know how I'd feel about it if I found out that somebody was listening to our, our podcast during intimate times. I'd have to think it was someone who who did intimate times for a living, and they were just like kind of the way that I will listen to a podcast when I'm doing a monotonous job at work. I was going to say, I think it's probably for somebody like, you know, Ski, who finishes too quickly. Yeah. They need something to slow them down. Right. <laughs> so the wife puts this just, on. I thought you were going to say something to, to do after the fact. <laughs> Like, well, he's done, and I still got lots of energy. Need to get to sleep, so I guess I'll listen to Golden Girls. That's Sophia's choice, the Golden Girls podcast. So Blanche tells her uh, that uh, dating a boyfriend or a friend, a boyfriend's friend, is very exciting, and says that you know she wrote the book on dating. Rose looks impressed and asks, you know, what the title is. Mm-hmm. Blanche snaps back that it doesn't have a title. I think she even calls her twit. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy walks into the kitchen wearing uh, a full-length robe, uh, sees all the girls, and immediately turns around saying that she's headed to bed. Uh, Blanche is surprised that she's going to go to bed so early. Dorothy asks, though, what's so terrible about going right to bed? Yeah. Rose then suggests, Blanche, that would make a great title for your book. Yeah, I thought that was maybe my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. You going to go sign on that one too, yeah, friend? I will. <laughs> Blanche, Blanche's face seems to light up as, uh, as though she likes the idea for her hypothetical dating manual. Sophia tells her daughter that Rose was just talking about a secret date night, and uh, Dorothy uh, acts defensive, saying that she has no idea what she's talking about. Sophia then tries to sarcastically explain what a date is to her daughter. Right. Uh, She then exits, and Dorothy pulls off her robe, revealing that she's actually fully dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, are you saying that Ski just finished? (laughs) 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 Because Dorothy put off the robe, is that it? Just the thoughts? Yeah. All right, I think we're good with that. (laughs) Also applauding his refractory period. (laughs) Well, when you only need one pump, it refreshes faster. Yeah, I am. I don't know, was she wearing like a sailor's outfit? Like it really was an odd choice, even by Golden Girl standards. Well, and she was holding her big long robe like very suspiciously. <laughs> Am I gonna have wizard sleep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brent! I'm gonna have to cut out your <laughs> your uh, fucking rim shots over and over again. <laughs> That shows up so much louder than your talking ever does. <laughs> well, so anybody who is not enjoying that one particular portion of Brent's comedy, <laughs> I apologize on his behalf, but I do refer you back to all the gold that he's uh, <laughs> given throughout the, the series. All the gold he's spun mm-hmm. from our... Uh, he's from a veritable our, Rapunzel. From our hay... Or what is it? Not Rapunzel. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she's fully dressed, ready for a date uh, evening with Stan. Mm-hmm. Dorothy asks to borrow Blanche's bike. I'm assuming bicycle to avoid. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and not her hog. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she wants to be stealthy, so she doesn't reveal that she's uh, not in her bed sleeping mm-hmm. uh, because you know her mom. She don't want her mom to know. Rose guilts her into wearing a safety helmet, though, and yeah. Dorothy comments that she hates what it does to her hair. Yeah, that was a funny bit. Uh, we change scenes. She also says she's just going around the block, and I was thinking that'd be another good title for Blanche's book. Yeah. <laughs> good point, yeah. I still like the other title, though, better. 
you know, mm-hmm. what's wrong with going right to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, which yours would be a solid second option. Yeah. Rose comes home from uh, her date with a sour look on her face, closing the door firmly. Blanche can tell, though, that something is wrong, obviously. Asked if Ray was maybe inappropriate. Rose explains that Ray was fine, but his ex-wife Myra entered the restaurant, named Chowderheads, and was yelling at her, ultimately grabbing a lobster from the tank and chasing her out of the booth with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia asks how the lobster at the restaurant is, and rep- Rose replies, scary. Mm-hmm. Rose uh, continues that Myra uh, wouldn't believe that they were only friends, that she is apparently refusing to accept the divorce from Ray. Uh, Rose says that she feels genuinely threatened by the woman. Sophia then begins talking about uh, life in Sicily, that uh, one would be threatening a person by tying a string to their finger. We find out, though, that she's misremembering this as it was actually piano wire around their neck. Right. Which is seems more of a threat than a threat to me. Slightly more threatening, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how easily piano wire cuts a throat, but I'd have to imagine it's pretty easy. I would, I would think it'd be... I don't think you use it as a threat. I think you just use it as the mm-hmm. final action. A murder tool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, as a garage. <clears throat> she adds that piano wire was her village's second biggest export. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind, uh, she can't remember. Right. I think she even asked him, like, no, what is it? And she's like, <laughs> I couldn't remember either. I assumed it was Mama Celeste frozen pizzas. <laughs> that was third, I think. Oh, gotcha. Oh, actually, Mama Celeste was the export. <laughs> <laughs> Then once she got to America, that was all, you know, mm-hmm. our bank. Then they became imports back to right. Sicily. Sicily. Uh, she comments that she's been uh, leaving her brain cells across the eastern seaboard and then heads to her room. Just then, Dorothy uh, enters the lan- from the lanai, whispering to the girls, Where's Ma? Rose turns to her and replies that she's in a cemetery in St. Olaf. <laughs> Dorothy is certified. Oh, that's sad. Because we've met Rose's mom before. So I guess her mom's dead now. Yeah. When did we meet her? Remember, she came to town, and Rose was uh, real worried about her. Um, yeah, I think that the mom ended up being like, "Yeah, you need to let me, you know, do things on my own," because Rose is really fawning over her mm-hmm. and was, not allowing her to, like, you know. Isn't her mom blind now? No, I think that was her sister. That's her sister. Yeah, gotcha. that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, no, we've met both. I don't remember the mom. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, she's back. dead now, apparently. <laughs> so you'll never get to meet her again. Very sad. Mm-hmm. The sister being blind, that means she's uh, 50% more likely to plagiarize. Yep. <laughs> maybe maybe her mom's not dead. She just the Windows Protection Program. That could be, yeah. She, she went off with Miles. Mm-hmm. Or Nick, if you prefer. Maybe they just buried her alive, as is the custom in St. Olaf. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so Dorothy clarifies that she's referring to you know her mother, wanting to know if she can... Uh, I think there's a weird joke about so they can go with toilet paper to Weston's house. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche explains that she's gone to bed and asks, you know, how the date with uh, Stan went. Dorothy, very happy, tells him that it was the night was wonderful. He continues on about how sweet and fun he is uh, nowadays, even uh, bringing new meaning to the term solicitous in mm-hmm. bed. Rose laughs, then looks awkwardly at them and asks, what was the old meaning again? <laughs> and uh, Webster's has defined solicitous as, it had four definitions, okay. but they all kind of uh, are similar to taking great care or concern towards something. That's uh, uncanny. also had <laughs> full of desire or eager. <laughs> I like that joke. Thank you. <laughs> you don't have a whole lot of uh, <laughs> experience. experience with uncanny, do you? <laughs> so would either of you consider yourself to be solicitous in bed? Can you oh, read yeah. the definition one more time? 
taking great care or concern, full of desire or eager. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Ski? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about to your partner. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear I would it. hope so. We could ask her later on today. I'll definitely make sure to ask her. <laughs> it's a it's long conversation. One to ten. Yeah. How solicitous is Ski? <laughs> Probably, probably the two slices of cheesecake I gave earlier. Right. <laughs> is that how she rates you? Definitely. <laughs> is my slices. Well, it's, it's how many slices she has to eat to forget about our experience. Uh, <laughs> to get some <laughs> to get happiness. Yeah. She's like, oh, you did such a good job. I only needed to have one slice tonight. Wow. <laughs> you know, you're horrible. I needed seven slices. To... <laughs> uh, the girls go so to... it's inversely related to right. <laughs> his performance. Yeah, you got eight slices tonight. <laughs> I did? But I'm saying that's how she would rate him. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. The girls go in the kitchen and Blanche asks if, uh, if she loves Stan. Dorothy admits that, you know, while she doesn't like that he keeps his toupee in the less crisper, further remaining that she can't, uh, you know, knock the results. It does look fresher, mm-hmm. uh, but says that she does love Stan. Blanche suggests that she tell her mother and stop keeping the relationship with him a secret and that she'll find out eventually, but it would be much better to come in directly from her. Rose excitedly says, all right, that's settled. Let's go, let's, or let's move on. Uh, she gets up and heads to the uh, back to get some toilet paper to go uh, toilet paper the Weston's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does caution them, though, that uh, Dreyfus will bark at anything, and she thinks that Barbara carries a gun. Yeah. Uh, so they'll need to be quiet. Rose exits, and Dorothy just kind of like, whatever, let's do this. So her and Blanche follow behind. I can't remember that well from Empty Nest, but is Barbara one of the daughters? Yeah, she was okay. the police Sounds officer. Sounds right, one. yeah. One was a police officer, and one was a nurse. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And Barbara, the police officer, she was the hotter of the two. Mm. Dreyfus was the dog. Correct. Yeah. Are there any professions that you find to be particularly attractive? Um, do you like a woman with authority? I guess so. Okay, I mean, so, but it's not. It doesn't make a particular difference for you. Yeah, no. I mean, it's one of those things that I don't have a problem with women in authority. Yeah, but but you're also not specifically turned on by that. Yeah, yeah. There's no like, okay. there's no one particular operate occupation that you know just you know gets me. Okay. It's not like it's like ooh exit flagger. <laughs> <laughs> no. Would that be someone like at a uh, like a parking lot that is like yeah. flagging people to exit one or the other? Or you know, at the interstate, he's like, you know. oh, okay. <laughs> so you brought it up. Do you have a do you have a profession that turns you on, Alan? Arby's yeah. assistant manager, <laughs> mental health therapist, obviously. Good call. Good call. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He was like free coffee. Yeah. <laughs> About astronaut with two S's. <laughs> so would that be? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Would that be an astronaut that just is particularly well endowed in the back? You know, it's one who sure, only goes yeah. to Uranus. What's that? It's one who only goes to Uranus. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, my... that would be groundbreaking. <laughs> no humans have traveled beyond the you know, the moons. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, uh, chain scene again. Rose is on the phone trying to explain to Myra, who keeps uh, I like that calling name. her. Say what? Yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I had some comments about Myra um, <laughs> as we go on here. Uh, but she keeps on calling, apparently. I think it's spelled different. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, Brent would definitely never turn down a phone call from Myra. Myra was a, uh, a 
woman from our prior employment that Brent, uh, you know, 50% of our bilingual staff. Yeah. <laughs> I also think Myra is the name of, uh, I think Steve Urkel had a girlfriend near the end of the Family Matters series. Oh. I think her name was Myra. She was kind of hot looking. I don't remember that at all. I mean, I remember Look Steve Look into Urkel. it. Look into it. <laughs> she was into Urkel and not Stefan. I think, yeah. I think she was definitely in, into the Urkel. So, Halloween day, um, I was at the gym that morning, and whatever station they had it on was playing um, Family Matters uh, Halloween episodes back-to-back. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> and so, there was one where Urkel was dressed as Superman, and him and Laura were at the bank, and then a bank robber robs the bank, and Urkel in his you know, Superman costume saves the day. Before Carl can even show up. And then there was another one where I forget what Urkel was dressed <clears throat> as, but um, uh, Laura was dressed like Diana Ross or something like that. It was <laughs> just bizarre. Oh, side note, I meant to yeah. bring this up earlier. Uh, when I was looking up something about the, uh, you know, emptiness for, you know, the cast and stuff, <laughs> I, I noticed that several places Dreyfus had one S and several had two S's. And there was not any consistency. Right. So there's no, like, I mean, even mm-hmm. on the website, like, I found it had, like, uh, there was this one thing that said mm-hmm. Dreyfus slash Dreyfus, one with one S, one with two S's. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, for what it's worth, uh, <clears throat> Myra from Family Matters is played by uh, Michelle Thomas, mm-hmm. who died of cancer at the age of 30. Oh. So thanks for bringing that up, Ski. Very sad. Jeez. Sorry, I really, really not up. a bring down a podcast. I, really, I, did, I like yelled at you. Look it up. <laughs> you forced me into it. Um, I'm just trying to raise, raise cancer awareness <laughs> out. In fairness, it was 24 years ago that she passed away, so I think it's time for us to for move, those wounds to be slightly healed. Slightly move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, was yeah, the roses on the phone talking to Myra, uh, that trying to tell her that she's not dating her ex husband. Mm-hmm. Blanche enters and realizes that she's speaking to the woman that had previously chased her with the lobster. She decides to try and help her off the phone by standing back and hollering for help that uh, she's fallen and needs assistance. Uh, Rose, not quite getting the idea, smiles, holds the phone to the side, and hollers back, I can't come to help. I'm on the phone. Yeah, that was funny line. Stupid, but it's funny. Sophia then enters and uh, realizes what's going on, takes the phone. She introduces herself to Myra as Sophia, a.k.a. the Terminator. Uh, she tells Myra that she's not afraid of her and that the top export of, the, of her village was ransom notes. She kind of uh, half, you know, sidesteps it to the girl saying she uh, remembered while she was in the bathroom. Yeah, I think said she had an epiphany while she was on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, she got, this got her to hang up. Uh, Blanche comments that uh, she seems pretty crazy about her ex-husband. Sophia adds that she'd have to be the you know crazy to want a relationship that badly. Mm-hmm. Conveniently timed again, Dorothy enters the room in her robe. <laughs> she tells, it took him a while that time. Yeah, she tells her mom. Bigger load, bigger rim shot. Ah. <laughs> I just assumed that it was something that it was like you were preparing for the robe to come off, so that's why you took a second. <laughs> Then couldn't hold back. Right, yeah. <laughs> the idea. Anticipation was building. Yeah, she says to her mom, I don't know what you're talking about. Again, assuming the conversation was about her. However, Sophia, you know, again, sarcastically explains, you know, what relationships are to her daughter. Sophia walks in the kitchen and Blanche uh, motions for Dorothy to follow her. 
She does and tells Sophia that you know, she needs uh, to reveal something to her. She opens her robe <laughs> and uh, shows that she's fully addressed. He's spent. Sophia doesn't think it's such a big deal, though, explaining that you know she's done worse. She's worn panties over pants, mm-hmm. bras over blouses, and once she wore a, a, a shower cap over her bonnet. Mm. Dorothy uh, can see that her mother didn't quite get the hint of what's going on, so she plainly tells her that she's actually going out with Stan. Sophia says no, and Dorothy's like, no, no, I really am. She's like, well, I gotcha. I'm telling you no. <laughs> You're not allowed to go. Um, I'm not giving my permission. Dorothy sits with her mother and tells her that uh, they've actually been seeing each other for months now and are getting quite close. She also says that uh, <clears throat> she can't guilt her into staying home. Sophia, though, uh, gets up and kind of toddles out of the kitchen, claiming that she's having chest pains. At first, Dorothy tells the girls, you know, nobody go help her. You know, she's just pulling uh, one of her fast ones that she's trying to lay a guilt trip. Uh, but then she immediately folds and follows her mom into the other room, yelling, Ma! Mm-hmm. Now we change scene again. We see Dorothy and Stan in what looks to be a fancy restaurant with uh, mood lighting. Dorothy tells Stan that... Uh, she had revealed her relationship to Sophia. He asked, you know, how she took it, even guessing that she had faked chest pains. Mm-hmm. Dorothy pops back with, you remembered, Stan says back. You don't forget your wedding day. <laughs> it's a great memory. Yeah. Uh, he then insists that uh, she eat her potato, sans Zborny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that part was, uh, I don't know, almost kind of creepy yeah. watching Stan because he's like, eat your potato. <laughs> And she's like, I'm not hungry or something like that. And he's like, stick your finger in it. <laughs> she even says, I'm like, we'll have to get you a hobby or something, right? <laughs> yeah. As many times as they played fast and loose with continuity, I can't believe that's the one right? <laughs> little thing that they're going for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she tells him that she stuffed, so he asks her just to stick her finger in it. She obliges, though, uh, pulling out a scalding hot ring, which she immediately dunks uh, her ring and the hand, her hand into a water carafe at the table. Mm-hmm. Stan asked her to marry him again. Now, was that one of those post-main course potatoes that they bring out? Because <laughs> why would it still be burning hot after yeah. she'd already eaten enough that she was stuffed? Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, she wouldn't have raised uh, any kind of like, oh, no, I'm good, thank you. Yeah. No, no, this one's for dessert. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta love a good dessert potato. That uh, sounds like a Midwest <laughs> thing, if ever. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he says that the last few months with her have been incredible, as he tries to kind of help her wrestle her hand down out of the carafe. He uh, then tells her that they belong together, that they are you know an artful complement of individual taste, enhanced instead of concealed by each other, and served in their natural juices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy instantly knows that he uh, stole that line from the menu. Uh, he concedes, saying that it was a special, the Cajun prime rib. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Cajun Justice 2, but still. (laughs) (laughs) It's up there. Yeah, it's up there. It's got Cajun at least. Mm -hmm. She tells him, yes, that she will marry him. Uh, He says that he's so happy. He wants to shout from the rooftops and tell the world. And then they kind of say simultaneously, uh, but not your slash my mother. Right. And then uh, in the kitchen, uh, we see Rose explaining to Blanche that uh, Myra has continued to call her at work now. And threatening her. She mm-hmm. says that she's getting a flashlight to go out to her car. Uh, Blanche agrees. That's, you know, all women should uh, 
the uh, bring a flat tire somewhere to check out the car before they go out at night. Rose thinks that's a great idea, but concedes that uh, she actually was just going to hold it under her face to look scary. It's not, not a terrible idea itself. Right. Uh, she says that uh, she plans to call the cops, and Blanche reaffirms that that's a good idea. Dorothy walks into uh, the kitchen, obviously happy. Mm-hmm. She tells the girls that she has a wonderful news to share with them. The best thing that could happen to a woman, which I think is extremely reductive. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, wow, the best thing that could happen to a woman. Mm-hmm. It takes out childbirth. It takes out any kind of like yeah career milestones yeah like any other accomplishments yeah anything yeah graduation etc doctorate mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Rose guesses that the circus must be in town and she says no it's about Stan Rose snaps back that well she was close uh, Dorothy continues telling them that uh, Stan proposed and that she is accepted uh, they then go check out the ring Rose asks if oh is that are those baguette diamonds. But Dorothy tells him that, nope, just pieces of potato. <laughs> and then she says, he hid the ring in a potato. He seems uh, very touched by this right. sentiment. The girls uh, don't seem as excited, but they kind of awkwardly go along with it. In all truthfulness, though, the only time, the only way that Stan actually became decent was once he was rich. Yeah. I mean, now granted, I mean, he, he also left behind a lot of his personality flaws when he became <laughs> rich, at least from everything we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but prior to that, you know, so really it, it was his, uh, the Zborny that turned him from a piece of shit to, uh, <laughs> you know, marryable guy. Right. And I don't, we don't know of any other girls he's been with at this point. Yeah, right? not, that, not that he's talked about. Although since, he, since he got rich, at least. Right, yeah. He kind of alludes to it a little bit, I think, in the next episode or maybe later this episode. I can't remember. But just he's been married, he's, what, three times that we know of, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but just that he was ready to leave some of that stuff behind. But it kind of made it sound like it wasn't quite as far behind him yeah. as, you know, like maybe some stuff that happened between this and the Zborny. But I don't know. Maybe not. We'll get to it. Maybe yeah. it's the next episode? Yeah, perhaps. All right. And so they, you know, like I said, kind of awkwardly go along with her excitement about the uh, potato ring. Mm-hmm. They tell her that, you know, if she's happy, they're happy for her. The girls all sit at the table. And start talking uh, about and planning maybe a wedding just out on the lanai. Rose says that she'll have to start calling Dor- calling her Dorothy's Vornak now. Mm-hmm. Dorothy pauses and points out that she's always called her that. And Rose says, well, yeah, but I never really meant it before. <laughs> Sophie enters the kitchen and jokes that uh, they're all having another attendance meeting that she wasn't invited to. Dorothy tells her mom that Stan proposed, showing her the ring. Sophia then turns and places her head in the microwave saying she's trying to end things as quickly as possible. Yeah. Dorothy, upset, tries to convince her mom that Stan has changed and he's a better, more mature man now. Sophia refused to agree with that commi- that uh, with that comment and says commitment suddenly means more to him now than the many years they were together before. Uh, she tells her daughter to give the ring back, which is her final word, but then she changes her mind and says that she should pawn it, which is her final, final word. Yeah. Uh, we change scene again. We see Dorothy now surrounded by a group of women that I didn't recognize any of them. Did you guys? Mm-mm. Just extras, basically. You Girl. didn't recognize Lois? Lois? Yeah, the one person who they name. Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but they're out and I enjoying what I guess is her bridal shower. Mm. Because why wait any amount of time 
let's get married today. Well, when uh, we've definitely seen many occasions where the yeah. goldens go pretty quickly. They're like, yeah, we're older now. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're not going to screw over around. Nothing. Exactly. Although it seems a little odd to me to have the pomp and circumstance around it mm-hmm. for such a quickie wedding. Yeah. Um, seems like you just wouldn't bother with bridal showers and things of that nature. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're Russian stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're cash strapped. They need the gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't be any longer if they're getting the you know infusion from Stan. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> infusion from Stan. <laughs> that deserved a rim shot. <laughs> if there were any left to spare. <laughs> well, lady gives her a little head cozy uh, to keep Stan's bald head warm on the cold nights. Mm-hmm. Dorothy comments that that ridiculous item is hilarious, asking where she found it. The woman, looking a bit dejected, replies that she made them herself. Mm-hmm. Dorothy then gets serious and tells her, oh, the colors are perfect for Stan. Right. As if to kind of apologize. stupid-ass looking gift. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a, a, like a, one of those things you put on tables. Like a doily. Doily, thank yeah. you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a knit one. Uh, Dorothy crosses her legs, and uh, Rose takes a heart-shaped sticker off her jacket which is apparently part of uh, some uh, shower game they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Dorothy comments on how difficult it would be to keep one's legs apart all the time. Just then, Blanche walks back onto the lanai with more snacks, her jacket covered with heart stickers. Yeah, apparently they're liking these kind of jokes, because I feel like there's, you know, the one I can't remember, is this episode or last one where uh, Sophia says something about the fat lady singing, and then Rose comes in. It was and, earlier this one, Okay, yeah. and then, then this one, you know, Dorothy says, I can't think of anyone with enough control to keep her legs apart, you know, all the time. And then Blanche comes walking into the room. That must have been a, a gag that this uh, group of writers really enjoyed. <laughs> uh, she walks over to uh, Rose, leans in, and tells her that the stripper she ordered is on her way over. Rose excitedly says that she'll start another game while they're waiting. Uh, she starts to hand out a bunch of blindfolds to the girls and then giving preposterous uh, rules to some game that she claims is a St. Olaf favorite. Yeah, I didn't write down any of that, but I love the fact that she's going through and then she's like, and so on and so forth, as if everybody yeah. should be able to follow along with the nonsense that she's <laughs> yeah. talking about. Uh, nobody else puts on the blindfold, but act like they do to uh, appease Rose. A police officer then arrives, and Blanche, of course, assumes it's a stripper. She asks if he has his handcuffs, and he says, yeah. Uh, she directs him towards uh, Dorothy giving him a smack on the butt and telling him to go on over and start dancing. Mm-hmm. The cop tries to stop Blanche and explain that she's mistaken. Blanche won't listen, turning on some gaudy stripper music. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a second man arrives wearing a police cap and tie, but no shirt. Right. Uh, the girls try to tell Blanche to turn around and see the other man, but she's too enamored with the actual policeman, uh, continuing to grab his tush, calling him Perillo. Uh, which I found out is likely a Hill Street Blues reference. Hmm. Uh, even after he uh, threatens her with prison, yeah. which I don't think so. Smacking a, I don't know. I mean, it could be assault, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. It, prison? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would probably be a tough one to actually get that far along. In Especially the when system. she has a pretty solid case for mistaken identity. Maybe I think could. Still, though, it's, it's assault. Even if someone tells you to stop. She, yeah, she, I would say misdemeanor, maybe. Listen, I don't know how many times you've tried to use that mistaken identity defense <laughs> <laughs> when you've been accused of assault, but I don't think it's going to get you very far in today's day and age. Maybe back in 1992 or whatever it was. But. Context, Alan, context. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Dorothy
Dorothy finally gets her attention. Blanche turns around to see the real stripper. Uh, she turns off the music and turns to the police when she confirms that, yeah, the first guy really is a cop. Mm. And says that, you know, she tells him her name is Blanche, or Devereaux, Blanche Devereaux, uh, before goosing him one last time and then running away. Yeah. I think that might land her in some hotter water. I don't know. I think at that point, then she's just full on flirting. And she is like, yeah, I know you're a cop and I'm still going to. Yes, it could, but I think maybe at that point she's like, okay, now I'm going to make my actual play for the guy. Uh, Possibly, yeah. So. Uh, Blanche. I think that's the second time in the last episode or two you've said possibly. I want to say it's the third time in this episode. <laughs> you said it early, yeah, you said it early, and I was like, I'll let that slide. <laughs> you know what that's from, Brent? Possibly. Yeah. No, I didn't know it was it's a reference. Simpsons reference. Oh, I did not know this. I know, itchy and scratchy land. They're like, God, an itchy and scratchy land where nothing could possibly go wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh I guess that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. <laughs> that's well, funny. Things get considerably worse from there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Last week's episode, when Rose is telling her, you know, Mary Jane's story about mm-hmm. going to Mexico, yeah, and she keeps pronouncing it Chihuahua. Yeah, <laughs> I did think that was a little distracting. <laughs> yeah, and so I did that in my recap, and mm-hmm. you nobody, did. Nobody I thought it was just a bit. I didn't catch yeah. it in the show, though. Yeah, no. Um, like Betty White, she was pronouncing it Chihuahua every time she mentioned. I it. had not realized. I didn't count that. Yeah, I thought you were just doing it to be funny. No, no, no. It was my homage. I'm actually, me. I like that now. Yeah. I'm pretty proud Thank of you. you. Thank that was you. Good. But I did notice when you were doing it, FYI. Yeah. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, the, she smacks Test. the cop's butt and runs away. Hmm. Lance runs, walks into the living room where Sophia is sitting there alone. She tells her that, you know, she's really, uh, should go out in the little night and enjoy the shower. Sophia retorts, though, that, you know, she wasn't even asked and that where she came from, the marriages were arranged by the parents, uh, which is the Italian tradition. Citing Fiddler on the Roof. Right. <laughs> Blanche, though, explains that it's about Jewish traditions. Sophia lists the people that she's seen star in the play, Enzo Stuarty, Dom de Louise, but then she cuts herself off, realizing that she probably has just been watching too much dinner theater. Mm-hmm. Dorothy comes in and tells uh, Blanche that the stripper used to be a cop, and the cop always wanted to be a dancer, and now they're playing hats, and it's getting weird. Yeah, I like that line. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> she then turns to uh, ask Sophia... Uh, or uh, if Sophia still won't join him, Blanche tells her that maybe she's not approaching her mom from the right angle, that she may be uh, may appreciate a more traditional manner to stand asking for her hand. Dorothy scoffs at the idea, but quickly realizes that maybe that's actually the perfect approach. Mm-hmm. She says that uh, Sophia sees herself as the godfather, and uh, maybe she'll make her an offer that she can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, change scene one last time. Seeing Dorothy in the kitchen, which is dimly lit, with a single candle on the table. Very much uh, taken from the movies, I'm sure. Right. Looks like Godfather set up. Have you guys watched all the Godfather movies? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. not. Oh. oh, they're so good. Yeah. They're long, too. Like, they're like three hours a piece or something, yeah. aren't they? I've actually got um, the trilogy on my two-watch pile in really? my office. Hmm. It's something. Is is the kitchen scene they've got there, like, directly from the movie? No. Nah. No, just a, no. I mean, just kind of inspired by, yeah. but yeah, just kind of a cliche Italian yeah. thing. It. Thank so you the, for coming to our meeting. Yeah. <laughs> that was an awful Brando. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I think you were kind of like getting your way there, but yeah. you're, you're ways off. Maybe, maybe I'll watch and then I'll be better. Yeah, perhaps I might really help. I would do a Godfather podcast. Would you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many episodes did you devote to each movie? Um, I think just. 
I think he'd probably do one. He's so just a three episode podcast. <laughs> do five. You know, oh, okay. you got three movies, um, the book, and then just a finale. Oh, okay. Just sum it up. <laughs> yeah. Is that how long you wish this series was? Yeah. Well, you could do a six episode because you could do the Sicilian, which is like sort of a sidequel. Mm, okay. Did you see that they came with the new? Uh, a movie about the making of the movie? Yeah, so there's another episode right there. Yeah. You know what it's called? I the Offer. The Offer, yeah. yeah. That's Miles Teller in it. I don't much care for him, but I'd watch it. I want to see that, but I definitely want to watch the, the movies first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so sense. good. Yeah, they're good. It's worthwhile. We watched them together, didn't we? Mm, I believe so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they've got this little single cane on the table. Uh, Stan invites her in, thanking her for coming. He begins to sit with Sophia, asks if she's sitting yet. She quickly stands back up, thinking that maybe he slighted her, but she continues saying that no, she can't tell if she's sitting or if she's just that much smaller than him, mm-hmm. calling them redwoods. Yeah, there is quite a height difference, because um, Stan and Dorothy are pretty good matches height-wise, mm-hmm. and of course Sophia's a it's tiny like half human. half their height almost. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Cool. Seems like it. She'd be better off with Rose's parents, you know, Billy right. Bardian. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Sophia does sit and tells them that they uh, may now shower her with uh, gifts and offerings. Mm-hmm. Dorothy uh, snaps her bomb back into reality, saying, you know, while she appreciates her sense of tradition, she still has shady pines on speed dial. Right. Uh, she asks, you know, what Stan wants. Dorothy interjects, saying that he wants to discuss the wedding. Sophia quips back, are you Stan? Am I talking to you? Stan, though, <laughs> assumes that, no, it's me, Stan, over here. Assuming that she's simply confused again. Right. I like that line a lot. He tells her that uh, he realized that um, he had never asked to marry Dorothy, and I wonder if that he never asked the first time. Yeah, I don't know. You mean like the very first time? Yeah, when he married her originally. Yeah, I mean, he did knock her up, so I'm not sure if he did or not. And uh, But now that he's asking for her hand and vicariously Sophia's hand as well, Sophia reminds him that you know if he's marrying them both, then six years ago he left them both after you know spending their whole marriage cheating on them both and says that uh, he's actually not been forgiven by them both. Yeah. That she doesn't trust him, equating family to trust. She says no, and that if Dorothy marries him again, they'll no longer be family, and she'll be out of her life forever. It's a pretty rough statement, considering yeah. she just lost one of her three kids, uh, you know, a right? couple weeks back. And she gets up and leaves the room, and Stan and Dorothy just kind of look at each other with concern in their eyes, and the music plays them out, and that's mm. the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a rough ending to part one of this two-part episode. One thing I thought was interesting is this one actually was aired on two separate dates, whereas a lot of these yeah. two-parters are just, mm-hmm. you know, later in the same night. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, we had three guest actors in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Herb Elliman, Stan, of his 19th out of 25 times. Mm-hmm. We had Jack Yates. He played the cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume the real cop, because I don't think the other one actually spoke at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 37 titles for him. Nothing he didn't worked. have to speak, Alan. Right. His, his <laughs> body did the talking. <laughs> You're like, let me hear your body talk. <laughs> your body talk. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not enough to get your credit. It's not. <laughs> so, it's not. Um, but this was his only Golden Girls. Um, and again, nothing re- nothing really noteworthy on uh, Jack Yates' uh, resume. And then Tony Sawyer, she played the infamous Lo- Lois that we've all come to know and love. Um, <laughs> 75 titles for her, her only Golden Girls. Uh, she had a couple of things. She had a guest act, guest spot on uh, Seinfeld. She was also on Moonlighting, which you know is a Brent favorite. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Um, Good and show. Yeah. Of course, she was also Paul's wife and uh, Hughes and Harlow, Angels in Hell. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, I knew I recognized her from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Ski, uh, who got your MVP for this episode? 
I gave it to Sophia. Uh, while I don't like that she's being so unforgiving, mm -hmm. uh, I did appreciate her concern for her daughter and the obligation she has to look after her even as an adult. Fair enough. How about you, Brent? I give it to Michelle Thomas. Michelle Thomas? I mm -hmm. um, can't remember who Michelle Thomas was. Again. Oh, that's right, the one who died? Yes, she, <laughs> um, she played Myra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Family Matters. Make it such a mockery of the MVP process. <laughs> no, come on. She's... Why would we give it to Michelle Thomas? She's never listened to an episode of our show. If you want to give it to, you know, <laughs> to one of our, our listeners, then I begrudgingly accept that. <laughs> it's but... in an in-memoriam. <laughs> 30 plus, or, you know, whatever, uh, 20, 24 years. years. I like that. It's <laughs> not even a related show. Yeah, not at all. There's something Ski, you know, happened to mention off the top of the show. The name had a correlation. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, she was young and she died of cancer. I'd be more okay if you gave it to Myra Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to use last names. Well, that's not an uncommon name. Someone can look her up online and find her. <laughs> that she works someplace in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> See, you keep giving away all the details. Yeah. Uh, good luck to you. I mean, if you're that much of a detective, then you deserve. <laughs> I, I was single at the time that you know. Oh yeah, I carried a torch for her. Well before, um, yeah. well before your happy marriage. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so okay, so you threw away your MVP. I gave mine to Rose. I thought she did a solid job in this episode. I think I had more reasons, but I don't recall what those. She was pretty were funny, now. especially yeah. around the the. The shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculousness, but she carries it well. Yeah. So how many slices for you, Ski? I gave this a four. four. I didn't hate it, but I didn't really like it. Mm. I said it was a decent episode, but another confusing case of both ignoring and maintaining continuity in the series. So, what, oh, are you talking about just the Miles continuity that was ignored? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I didn't realize it was uh, filmed out of order though. In yeah, this case. I was slightly more forgiving with the continuity part. I, I mean, I was. Well, no, it filming sequence just aired out of order. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. But like they. Like the like the point you made earlier, they literally wrote him basically out of the show yeah. in the episode before. Yeah. And here he was like in Europe with students that he doesn't really teach or something. I figured she was just covering up for him. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So how about you, Brent? How many slices for you? Oh, two. two. Oh, you didn't like this episode yeah. at all? Maybe the cheese man really died this time. <laughs> I actually liked this episode all right. I mean, I thought it was, I, I liked the comedic part of it. And mm -hmm. I thought it had some. I thought the dramatic parts were played reasonably well. I gave it a six. Oh, I, didn't, wow. I didn't think it would be a contender at the end unless you yeah. two really loved it, but yeah. I apparently liked it. Maybe the biggest score differential between the two of us. Pretty significant. I don't know. I would say, no, the biggest score difference between the two of us is definitely uh, Empty Nest. Oh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. That's a great one. <laughs> I love that one. I think that'll carry through all the way to the very end. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess we covered all all we needed to cover for this episode. Do so. we have a back in Saint Olaf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. I should. We should do the. Should we do the back in Saint Olaf in the future prior to doing the scores, or still just keep it as like the capper at the end of the episode? I'm cool. Whatever what are you your guys thoughts, Brent? I like it as the capper. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Then yeah, we'll a little bon mot to send people off to bed. Sounds good. I'll, I'll make sure not to let you uh, say uh, golden cocoa before I uh, throw this in. Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate that. Uh, because it would be a real pain for me to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so once upon a time in St. Olaf, the Henson-Pfeffer twins were out plowing the wheat field. <laughs> Yoder was out front pulling the plow cart while Gustav sat in the seat behind him and yelled at his brother to pull harder as the day was half over. <laughs> Come on now, i got to read this. Rose and her sister Lily were walking past the field and waved over to the brothers, 
They secretly had a crush on the two as they were strong, hardworking boys, always well mannered and kind. Mm-hmm. Seeing the girls, Gustav told Yoder to go ahead and take a short break. They walked over to Rose and Lily and asked where they were headed. They explained that her, their mother had sent them to uh, get some items from the market. Yoder points out that the farm is nowhere near the market. Lily, knowing that they'd taken the long way just to see the brothers, quickly says that they just wanted to take a nice long walk and enjoy the day. Gustav asked the girls if they'd like a drink or a snack before they continue on their walk. Rose, being quite thirsty, replies, Oh yes, that'd be very nice. Gustav heads towards the house to get some lemonade and cookies, but asks that the girls keep Yoder company while he's inside. Rose and Lily can read between the lines, so they quickly hopped upon the cart and <laughs> seat and started barking orders at Yoder to pull the cart. Hmm. He grabs a hold of the plow and begins a pulling. Uh, they shouted words of encouragement and uh, comment on how he must be very strong to do this kind of work all day. Hmm. Yoder admits that he and his brother do trade off to avoid exhaustion, but that when Gustav's turn, uh, when it is Gustav's turn, he gets to ride the horse. He's taken riding lessons after all, and mother insists that he practice at home too. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part about these stories. <laughs> Is that they don't seem to be written for comedy. <laughs> They're such slice of life stories. <laughs> Tiny little vignettes of. <laughs> if they don't have a moral. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things that he keeps like, he keeps like edging up, and I'm like, oh, here's where it gets naughty, and then yeah. it never does. Right. It's like here comes the punchline, and then he's like. The end. <laughs> <laughs> he just backs off. He's our, our very own Garrison Keeler. He's just <laughs> always leaves you wanting more. <laughs> well, the first one I couldn't even keep myself from la- right. laughing. Well, and it's funny too because it any- wasn't the funny end. Yeah, if anybody fun- read it, they would probably not find it nearly as funny as you. But <laughs> the, the funny part was how horrible it was. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. Ski coming out of Titanic laughing so hysterically mm-hmm. that he was uh, on the ground. He claims he was thinking about popcorn, but I think it was really that that baby floating in the water just really tickled him. It was <laughs> not that. Oh, Alan. Anyways, well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you prevented me from closing the show out um, <laughs> to, to get that in. That was, that was fun. But, so until next week, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.